Well, I'm Blood This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Heather Hartnett. Heather, are you ready to do this? I am. Thanks for having me. Oh, excited to have you on. Let's go. Heather is the CEO <laughs> and general partner of Human Ventures, their New York City-based venture firm that leverages the startup studio-based model or to back, co-build, scale industry-changing businesses alongside exceptional entrepreneurs. Heather, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Thank you so much for having me. Why I do what I do. Wow. Well, um, as you said, I run an early stage venture firm and you know, we back we back incredible founders. And we I've been doing this for uh in the venture industry for almost 11 years and you know, been working with founders my whole life. I think uh founders are always at the forefront of everything that is um is going on and you know, where we think the world is going in the next 10 years. That's where they are, that's where they're building. Excellent. Tell us something personal, Heather. <laughs> personal. I grew up in the Midwest. And, um, you know, one thing about me that I, I've started to talk about a little bit more is I practice a, something called transcendental meditation. I've been practicing since I was very young. My parents integrated it into my life. And I'm very grateful for, for that part of part of my life. That's awesome. Thanks, mom and dad. Are you still doing <laughs> TM twice a day, Heather? I I, you know, I would be lying if I said I did it twice a day, but I really do try to do it often, uh, often enough. You get, you get the results, what you put in, you get out, you know? So, <laughs> well, I think that that's a hundred percent correct. So, all right. So you think that the founders are, are, are going to be a huge part of, have always been a huge part of, of our economy and it's going to be an even stronger part of it moving forward. Why do you think that? Yeah, you know, you know, we invest in companies that are what we call optimizing the human experience. I look at your website, Lifeblood, and you can see wealth, health, relationships, the way we work. This, these are the areas that we're most excited about. I think the last twenty years, we've seen technology kind of strip out some of that human condition, and the next ten years, we're going to see companies that um, are are you know, in service of the human condition. So we're looking at the way uh, that can be helpful to our health, access to healthcare, different populations get access to healthcare, um, the way that we work and, uh, you know, upskill and, and reskill folks so that you're really um, living your best life and understanding where you fit into, into the economy. And, um, and then even just how we interact with one another and, and hospitality and, and kind of, you know, uh, experience life. So these are some of the areas that we're really excited about and, and founders are building in. Yeah, I love it. And I saw on your, on your website, you're working to solve real human problems. And I love that term, the human condition. Um, like, like it's probably one of my favorites. But what are some of those real human problems? What are some of the companies that, that, you're, that you've been working with? Yeah, I mean, before the pandemic, we were talking about you know, the importance of mental health and healthcare and, uh, again, loving what you do and being fit for what you do. And then, um, we just went through this phase transition, right. In life, everybody just experienced this unbelievable transition. And it just highlighted even more the importance of your employer taking care of the employee and offering benefits that are, um, you know, taking care of that human condition. So, for example, we have a company that we've invested in called Tia Health, and that's uh, kind of a, a primary care for women. 
people thought that that was a niche area. It turns out 51% of the population, women, we have very different healthcare needs. So that's growing very fast. We have a company called Tiny Organics, which is organic baby food. Uh, you know, it's subscription-based organic baby food, um, frozen, very convenient for mom and dad and uh, a big, a big white space that was there. So I think, you know, just highlighting what, you know, what things are needed that aren't there and how can technology supercharge the way that we optimize for that. I love it. And what is the startup studio model? So we were an or our origin is based in the studio. It means we're company builders at heart. We're investors uh, second, <laughs> builders first. And so we actually in New York have a big office where founders built together. Um, all the partners of human venture have built companies themselves. And um, this earliest stages of when founders are building, it's the messy beginning, right? And you want people to understand who understand that um, that phase of your company building. And so now we do have an, a fund. We, we invest like a traditional venture fund into, into early stage companies. But um, the studio model just means a shared resources for founders to be able to build together and, um, and help one another. And, and our our shop would help the founders too with technology, branding, you know, introductions, kind of having that ecosystem and network. It's really important in the early days of building. Yeah. I think that that makes a ton of sense. That sounds like a cool opportunity. I, I've been thinking a lot about priorities lately and how I prioritize my time and I want to help other people to better prioritize their time. So you're obviously pulled in a million different directions, and then you're working with people who are pulled in a million different directions too. How do you, how do you think about, I'm, I'm curious how you think about prioritizing your resources and then how you help these folks who are the startups, founders, startup founders, prioritize what they should be doing. Yeah, that's a billion dollar question, right? If people know how to prioritize your time. Uh, I think, um, you know, it's always an exercise. We have 65 portfolio companies right now and hmm. we are three partners, you know, 10 people in our company. Uh, so obviously you do the math. That doesn't mean that you have, uh, you don't have infinite time. So, you know, it's, it is ruthless prioritization. It's, it's thinking, where can you move the needle for the founders? Who's, who are the ones who need your help? Who are the ones who uh, can benefit from that? And then how are you creating systems to be able to do, you know, help one to many? And one thing that we've done at Human Ventures is just be able to activate our network's network. <laughs> so we, you know, we don't know all the answers. Founders oftentimes and always should know a hundred times more about their business than we know. But what we can do is when they have a question, we can be that introduction to the right person who does know the answer to something that they need help with. And so that's really what we pride ourselves on is being able to connect, um, you know, our founders to our network and our network's network and, and solve problems kind of in a hive mind in that way. So I think that's the, probably the, the biggest, um, uh, you know, use of efficiency in our time. Yeah, well, uh, certainly an invaluable thing. And when you have people who have come together with that shared purpose and values and the interest, then you can tap into one another's market. And it's that it's the network effect where you're probably just one or two connections away from exactly what you're looking for. 
I think that's a key point, George. You know, we have one of our values is reciprocity and um, that could sound transactional, but I think, you know, our founders know that when you uh, invest in a group of people who also like to invest in that group of people, you get, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And so that's a big uh, amplifier of our portfolio. It's not, um, you know, each person is uh, their own silo. Yeah, well, that that is a legitimate superpower right there. If you're able to have those reciprocal relationships and there's enough trust where, Heather, you could say to, what is another one of your partner's names? Uh, Joe. Joe. You, you could <laughs> yeah. say to Joe and, 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 and Joe to the other person and to all your founders, knowing that the introduction is not only, it's, it's, there's, you're not worried about damaging the relationship. In fact, it's probably going to amplify and, and strengthen it. But the only way you're going to be able to do that is if that trust is there. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's actually where human started our Joe and I, when we first met, uh, even before we started working together, we understood what a good human meant to us. It was a hard charging founder or person who was really good at what they did, but they were inherently a really good person and they would know how to pay it forward. And that notion of paying it forward is kind of what I'm getting at there. And so we would say, you know, meet so-and-so, they're a good human. And if we had that kind of moniker, it meant that we had to just meet them. That You knew it was going to be a good match. And, um, and so that's when we started Human Ventures. We said, well, how can we really uh kind of put process and and systems around that that um behavior how challenging is it for you to find new founders and companies to welcome into human ventures it's a great question i mean i think great people beget great people and and our founders are incredible sources of referrals for new founders we have a couple of different programs one um, is called humans in the wild every founder there's a time when they're starting their business they feel like they're in the wild and sometimes they've left a job uh, you know that has been security for a long time or perceived security or their identity and they feel that they're in the wild that time is so important i think to to surround them with community um with information with help you know because that's a very potent time it's the genesis of their idea and their company so we do try to put a call out for humans in the wild. We try to have our brand be really, you know, resonate with people at that time. We do dinner series. Uh, we we host a lot of in-person events. We really do believe in the power of that connection in person. So, um, so that's how we we find a lot of our folks, and then we just have a very we have a really big referral network. Nice. And do you have a set number that you're interested in onboarding? Or is it as good ones come along? How do you how do you think about that? Well, in any venture capital fund, you have your strategy, and so we have you know uh, we we invest very early, so we actually have quite a few a target of quite a few companies in our portfolio. Uh, our last fund, we had thirty five companies in our portfolio, um, so we're we're first check investors really early, and. Um, and then, you know, it starts to grow, <laughs> but that, that pace, you know, is over a four year life cycle of investing in the fund. Right. So you can imagine we're doing, we're doing about 10 deals a year. Okay. Got it. And how often are you getting it right, Heather? 
fun. Too soon to tell. Too soon to tell. <laughs> you know, invest. It takes a long time. It's it's the biggest fallacy that it's an overnight success, right? These companies do take a long time to mature. They one company that starts the way that it whatever it starts as is not going to be the way that it ends up. You know, Jeff Bezos did not start Amazon the way that he started that it is now. Um, and if you're capturing that opportunity, it continues to grow. So we have some really great companies that are on the growth trajectory. Yeah, that's interesting. How uh, how different do you think Amazon is today from what Jeff Bezos initially <laughs> selling books kind of envisioned? <laughs> yeah. No, it's night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. I mean, I think that's where the really big businesses are, where you don't even know that there is a market opportunity. You're creating the market opportunity, and uh, and then you're you're eating into existing you know consumer behavior and spending, and um, and that's what they've been able to do. Got it. In terms of, you talked about how you have this physical space and the importance of community and actually being around the the other human beings. Um, do you do you ask that your um, that your family of companies that that the founders come in a certain amount? Do you leave it up to them? Are there kind of best practices? Well, there's pre-pan and post-pan. Right. <laughs> We're still in the pandemic, right? So before we had about 10 companies at any given time in our office, uh, you know, until they got to be about 10 employees, because these are early. Uh, I think it, it's a critical time when you only have one engineer or one designer or one product person, you know, or uh, the founder is there to have other founders around because you can just cut, you know, cut corners, share best practices, have that serendipity. So ideally, we love having you know those founders around. Right now, in our office, we actually do as well. I'm I'm home right now, but we have an office and we have a bunch of founders. I think everyone's trying to figure out their um, their work environment and their schedule now. For the most part, I think founders love to work with their team in person. I think hybrid is a really tough model. I think all virtual is a really tough model unless you start all virtual and that's kind of the ethos of your company. But we are looking at um, at companies and we've invested in one called Murmur, which is a shared agreements platform and all these kind of tools to help teams codify their systems, their processes, their decision makings, their values so that culture doesn't get lost Um from you know, lost in translation. You don't always have to be in person, and you can scale. But um, but we do we do love in person. We don't ever you know make anything mandatory. We give that um, that kind of benefit to the founders to be able to be around other founders. Got it. And uh, as what are you doing really well right now, Heather? You you for 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 your responsibilities, and what what do you feel like you need to be doing a better job at? Oh gosh, these are great questions. You, get, you really get down to it. Um, so you know, women's healthcare is so underinvested in right now. I'm just at the moment sizing this opportunity. It's one of those areas that I was just talking about. You can't even fathom how big this is. You know, even just the fertility industry in and of itself in the U.S. is expected to be almost thirty billion dollars in the next five years, and that's an industry that is underfunded. Under you know, information is not out there. Um, I think. We're just going to see more and more. That's one very discrete stage in a woman's life. And so um, I think we've gotten that right where we know these areas that we're building. And uh, we've also created a brand where founders want to work with us in this space too. So I think that's great. 
Um, I also think that we know how to build a brand for companies that are not um, reliant on programmatic advertising. I think there's a lot of consumer businesses that have been, you know, kind of started in the Facebook era where you're advertising online. But I think that we're going back to the the really basics of building a brand um, and, and engage your customer, engage your audience and really create that moat through um, through customer loyalty. I think we have a really strong uh, reputation in that, that my partner, Joe, has been in advertising and media for a long time and understands the principles there very, very well. What we can do better, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's prioritizing your time. It's always, you're always juggling. I'm a founding fund manager. I do fundraising. I do fundraising for my companies. I find our companies, we invest, you know, so there's just, it's always a 24 seven game. You're never off the clock and I love it. So that's good. You have to integrate what you love in your work so that you don't feel like you're ever working, but then, you know, it's always a constant prioritization of time. Constant prioritization of time <laughs> and making sure that you are taking care of your human condition as well as everybody else's human it's true. condition. It's true. Uh, yeah. To that end, I've started boxing. Nice. I actually love boxing. So that's my my exercise of choice at the moment. Uh, and actually, a lot of people on our team do too. And so we're, we're making it a team thing. I think that that's, I think that that's super cool. Do you um, do you try and block into your calendar open space? Do you how how how, how do you think about that when it is twenty four seven when you have so many demands and I'm sure your email inbox is 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 organized but constant never stops yeah I, I i joke it's you know i get rid of one and one's coming in it's a constant flow so you, if you're if you're at inbox zero it means you're not probably prioritizing your time right because that means that you're spending too much time answering things that you shouldn't but um i do uh, my sacred time right now is exercise and and some of that time to meditate actually my my clock just went off to to go to go and meditate too i think you really do have to um, put in your calendar the way that you want to to live your life and i know that sounds that sounds very structured but the way you spend your time is the way you're going to have an outcome so that's what you really do have to be forward thinking in that yeah it's not going to happen on its own right <laughs> hmm. We do have a company actually that helps you prioritize it. It's called Quantime. And uh, they it is a predictive engine to be able to block time on your calendar. And I love it because standing meetings, you actually get, you know, it just becomes, um, you just click it off. You don't, it becomes totally mute to you. So you want something to be able to predict when the best time is going to be for that next day. And it could be different times during the day, but you know, you'll get that in uh, if that's your priority. priority so. Cool. I love it. Well, Heather, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with Human Ventures? Uh, we're human.vc. It's a pretty pretty basic name there that I think people can can remember, human.vc. And you know, we're very active. I would say actually on Twitter, I'm very responsive and we talk a lot uh, to folks on Twitter. I think that's the a pretty powerful tool to be able to talk about important topics. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Heather your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to human.vc 
and check out all the cool things that they're working on and see if there's an opportunity for you to get involved and then find Heather on Twitter as well. I'll list everything in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Heather. George, thanks so much. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.